Welcome in, everyone, and thank you for listening to the 150th ever episode of the Missouri Sports Podcast, brought to you by 106 Apparel and recording from the Revel Advertising Studio in beautiful Springfield, Missouri. I'm one of your hosts, Cameron Albert, alongside my good friend and fellow Mizzou fan, Kyle DeVries. How are you doing today, Kyle? I'm great, Cameron. How are you? I'm doing well. I've got Drew Locke here next to me. I have never had like this much access to our Drew Locke bobblehead. Put up in a new spot. And yeah, I just, it's very nice having him here. I might even have him look at me a little bit. He has to, he has to win the starting job uh, for the Denver Broncos so that he can remain a relevant staple of our podcast. Then I don't know if it's going to work out then. (laughs) Okay. He doesn't have to win the job. I don't want, I don't want uh, our listeners mad at me, but uh i don't know if if he can't beat out teddy bridgewater for that starting job in denver ugh. it's not looking good no i don't he'll win it he'll I be fine i don't want that to happen for a guy drew <laughs> um kyle what have you been up to oh well i was gonna say nothing but then i remembered something very significant and i started a heisman campaign or whatever it's called on ncaa 14 i got it in the mail i paid a premium penny for it but i'm gonna play that sucker oh, i yeah. tell you what get your and, money's worth and uh i am i'm a missouri tiger wow i was like the number Shocker. number i was like a top five recruit in the country wow offers from everyone offers from everyone as a running back he stayed home stayed home just like everybody in real life right and they should and uh like four games into my freshman season i took henry josie's job as a starting running back mm. well looking pretty i mean that's pretty realistic right? absolutely yeah so i felt kind of bad i'm like returning kickoffs instead of marcus murphy mm. i'm just stealing all, like all these legends they're just taking their jobs yeah is that like what would have happened if ezekiel elliott went to mizzou maybe yeah probably um instead of like 14 is one of the best video games of all time in my opinion i've played hundreds of hours of it literally and just can't beat it except i hope they're able to beat it when they come out with whatever the new college football video game is mm, can't wait that would be awesome they made uh we were talking about this earlier they made james franklin such a beast in that game and i feel like he that's, was a beast that's well of course but that's one thing i really noticed about this game i played some of the older versions of the game but they really took some time and looked at what the actual players looked like on the roster and and tried to imitate their game and to their detriment <laughs> <laughs> they were using their likeness and that kind of exactly. backfired on them. Exactly right. But uh, James Franklin, man, he's he's good. Oh, yeah. Frank the Tank. Uh, Kyle, we need to address something from last week. Uh, we had a very important question posed to us in our YouTube comments, um, and that was from Jack Schultz. He said, quote, what does the guy do that's on his computer the whole time? Um, I think he's referring to producer Cameron. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I just now noticed there's somebody sitting there. I said, great question. We'll ask him next episode. He just came in and sat down one day and we don't have the heart to make him leave. I appreciate that. Yeah. But, uh, in all seriousness, what do you do around here? <laughs> um, well, when we record, usually I'm browsing the internet or just looking up random stuff okay he's research department yeah Yeah. he's adding value um but okay so when i'm when we're actually recording i don't do a lot but after we record i'm putting together the video i do Mm -hmm. all the graphics for the episode and he's responsible for this beautiful logo 
if you're watching on YouTube, our Missouri State Outline logo that we love so much, patent pending. Um, also, where I work for my real job is the building that we record in. That so is true. That's, that's also how we have the hookup. Yes, that is uh, makes all of this possible even more than Kyle and I's voices. And he's a dear friend. If we didn't have, well, yeah, that too. If we didn't have microphones, Kyle and I would just still be talking to each other. That's Nobody would be listening. how it got started. <laughs> yeah. All right. So glad we got that question answered. That was, uh, there, I think there were several viewers really, you know, really wanting to know what was going on there. So that is the answer to that. Um, we've got more football to talk about, believe it or not. Before we do that... Don't forget to check us out on YouTube. If you're listening uh, audio only, that may have been a confusing little se uh, segment right then. So we referenced a lot of the of our physical surroundings. So go check us out on YouTube. Leave us a comment, uh, just like Jack Schultz did. Um, also, big announcement, big shout out, first of all, to our new Patreon supporter, Ryan. Shout out to Ryan. Thank you so much. We appreciate you. Thank you, Ryan. And also to our supporter, Britt, for not being a new supporter, but increasing his pledge on Patreon to get some more perks. Um, appreciate you, Britt. And that leads me into an announcement. We are, for the first time ever, doing a Missouri Sports Podcast Fantasy Football League. Now, there is an entry fee. You do have to sign up on Patreon to the $10 tier or above by the end of august by august 31st so that we can get our fantasy football draft going and um you do get a prize the winner gets a prize now historically kyle and i are pretty good at these you know inter-podcast competitions and things so you better bring your a game mm -hmm. but sign up on patreon ten dollar tier or above by the end of august we'll draft early september winner gets a prize mailed to you and then we're also going to have a plaque in the podcast studio will be uh, visible every episode and uh that'll be kind of like a running list of all the winners year after year so we definitely want to keep this thing going over time develop a nice little league and uh, if you stay in that tier you'll also get access to our discord server where we're talking about mizzou and that's where we'll do a lot of fantasy football communications and of course, if you continue your subscription on Patreon past the fantasy football season, you will get merch sent to you at that tier. So all of that kind of stuff can be yours if you sign up to play fantasy football with us this upcoming season. Yeah, obviously we, we love Mizzou, but we also are very enthusiastic about fantasy football and NFL. So we, we have a lot of fun playing that. So we thought that would be a really fun way to interact with some of you guys and I don't know, see if you can take us on. So. We'll be looking forward to it. Maybe even producer Cameron will play. Easy win every week. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Kyle. So we've got a little bit of news, and then uh, our topic of the show this week is football recruiting, specifically um, Kansas City, Missouri area football recruiting for the past few years. We're going to kind of look at some wins in recruiting, some misses in recruiting, and just kind of how Kansas City – has treated Mizzou football in the past few seasons. But before we do that, a um, little bit of news. SEC Media Days is next week. Uh, Mizzou 
football representatives Akael Byers and Case Cook will be present. I was a little bit surprised by that, but I guess when I think about it, they're both seniors. Mm-hmm. So I kind of thought that Connor Bazelak would, would represent Missouri, but I totally understand why uh, why Coach sent, sent the seniors. Um, Mizzou made the top five for a Michigan uh, football prospect, Dion Walker. Yeah, this is a four-star offensive lineman from Cass Tech in Detroit. He's just a measly 6'7", 356. That'll play. Uh, he will, yes, he will probably play offensive line in college. And the other four schools that he named were Michigan, Georgia, Arizona State, and Kentucky. I think it's down to Missouri and Michigan, but we shall see. Um, and then Missouri got a commitment recently. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, Jalen Marshall is the uh, the newest commitment to uh, Missouri's 2022 class. Uh, he's a defensive tackle from Overland Park in Kansas, so basically the Kansas City area. And that's kind of what uh, brought us the um, the idea to what we're going to talk about later in the podcast, which is Kansas City recruiting in general. But uh, Jalen Marshall, 6'5", 275. He is uh, ranked as the number six overall prospect in Kansas, according to Rivals. Um, I think he, I think he's a little bit under-recruited and a little bit under-ranked. I feel like I tend to say that about a lot of our guys probably. But um, I was really surprised by um, Jalen's ability to – to move and he's really good in, in quarterback pursuit he's got long arms so he was batting down passes all over mm. the place in his film so moves really well for nearly 300 pounds and 6'5 so uh, just generally making life difficult for the quarterback constantly so that was that was something I really like to see um, he kind of came onto the scene a little bit later than than normal for guys that you know a lot of times you got to battle for these recruits for you know an entire year sometimes or longer uh, but Jalen Marshall, uh, they in, the coaches invited him to come work out on campus last month, and he kind of, I think Indiana was his current leader at the time, and he kind of just came in w- without expectations, but really liked what he saw, came back a little bit later on an official visit last month in June, and I think that's when he knew that he wanted to come to Mizzou, so pretty cool story um and he gave some good insights on some interview but uh, in some interviews about that process and kind of his his thoughts on his decision making so welcome to the class Jalen Marshall yeah uh he also had offers from like you said Indiana but also Nebraska Oklahoma State and Arizona State according to 24 7 sports um one thing that caught my ear when you were kind of describing the process is this is not the first player of the 2022 class that Missouri has offered and then very quickly they sign up to play for Missouri. I mean, it seems like there's been a handful of players that have kind of not been talked about that much in Mizzou circles. And then all of a sudden they are visiting and get an offer and then are committed like a month later. Yeah. And you can't always do that depending on what program you are. But I really think that Missouri just has that um, that big splash ability right now where they're they're repping that SEC and they have a lot of their defensive coaches have, have coached in the NFL. They have a lot of impressive things to show off to recruits right now. And I think that is a, is a result of um, having some of those recruits that you, you get them in without real big expectations. They love what they see and they're on board quickly. Yeah. And we haven't seen that as much in the past. So it's pretty cool. I mean, when you look at that offer list, that doesn't you know, no other SEC schools, but this is where you want Missouri to be. If yeah. Missouri is the first SEC school in on a, on a guy and they 
you know, are ready to t- bring them on board and it's not a long drawn out process. I mean, that's exactly what you would hope for in that situation. You don't, if Missouri wants to be recruiting with the big boys, you do not want to be in recruiting battles with, sorry, producer Cameron, Nebraska and Indiana yeah. and Arizona state. You want to be differentiating yourself from those schools mm-hmm. and saying an offer from a zoo means something different. Right. And at this point in time, it really does feel like Missouri's put themselves in a tier above some of those schools that maybe I wouldn't have thought that at all, maybe two or three years ago. Yeah. I definitely would have thought that we were on the same plane as, as some of those other schools that he had offers from. But uh, right now, things are a little elevated over where they've been in the past. If you if you listen to this podcast or if you paid attention at all, you probably could have figured that out. Recruiting is going pretty well, if you didn't know. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully it will continue. A little bit of hype. Um, is that all for like news that's happened this week? I think that's about it. That's all I thought of. Okay. So there's probably something else, but yeah, well, what can you do? Let's talk about Kansas city. So yeah, perfect segue. Uh, Jalen Marshall from the Kansas city area, uh, adding to an stellar 2022 recruiting class for Mizzou football. And so Kyle had the idea to kind of look back historically at how Kansas city has treated Mizzou football. Yeah, well, I I realized, you know, this class, we're we're probably halfway through the class as far as uh, who's going to be on that final commit list. And we already have four players uh, committed from Kansas City or from that area. And it kind of feels like Kansas City's been a little quiet um, in recent years in in Mizzou's recruiting class. And uh, it just feels like, you know, we've historically not recruited St. Louis real well. But honestly, in the last few years, Kansas City's probably been worse as far as just the talent that we've been able to get. Yeah, I was going to say St. Louis kind of like is on the top of everybody's mind. It's like, oh, it's hard to, hard to recruit St. Louis. You know, mm-hmm. the top players from St. Louis go to big schools and, you know, Missouri hasn't had success. But Kansas City is nearly equally as important and Missouri has struggled just as bad, if not worse. Yeah. And so I, I went back and looked at the last 10 years um, of re- recruiting classes. And I, I would say that St. Louis still is just a sheer number of players. There's there's probably more talent quantity wise still coming out of St. Louis year after year than Kansas City. Would you say that the, the top is better coming out of St. Louis? Maybe just a little yeah. bit. Um, but for the, I mean, there's still a ton of, of talent coming out of Kansas City every single year. So um, I guess it, I thought it would be kind of cool just to, to go back to the 2012 was the first year I went back to. And so for every year, I looked at how many players from Kansas City joined Mizzou's class. And then I looked at uh, who did we miss? Who, who were some of those top players from Kansas City that year that went on to be significant somewhere else? Or maybe they didn't amount to much. But um, yeah, so I, I figured we would just start with 2012, actually, and look at some of those those years with Gary Pinkle, where it, you can definitely see a trend that Gary Pinkle prioritized uh, the in-state recruits. And whenever we get to that 2015 range or so, whenever Barry Odom comes onto the scene, you will definitely see a change in the pattern there as far as the talent we are getting out of Kansas City. But we will jump to 2012. Um, so this will be kind of fun for some of you who have been following recruiting for a really long time. You might Here's some names you haven't thought of in a while, but, and that was definitely the case for me when I was looking through some of these classes. I was like, man, these are some guys I have not heard about in a really long time. But in 2012, uh, Missouri landed two players from Kansas City. That was Evan Bame and Morgan Stewart, who are both 
I believe four-star players, um, pretty promising guys. Obviously, Evan Baim was very important to Missouri's success a few years later. But uh, two names they missed on that year, they missed, and these are, when I say these rankings, they're going to be the Missouri rankings according to 24-7. Just for the state of Missouri. Just for the state of Missouri. But they missed on number two, Andre Pipkins, and he went to Michigan. And they missed on the number seven recruit, Michael Rose Ivy, who went to Nebraska. And we're we're a little bit younger. I, I do definitely remember Missouri recruiting in 2012, but I don't remember either one of those two players specifically. So... I don't know that they went on to do too much at those respective schools. Um, have anything to add on 2012? Yeah, I mean, just uh, seeing Evan Bame there, just, you know, one of the staples of a couple of Missouri's best teams ever. And uh, Morgan Stewart was a guy that kind of had some hype coming into Mizzou and just never could really stay healthy and got passed up on the depth chart because of that. And, you know, I think could have been a very good running back for Missouri and just never really could stay healthy and get out on the field and get the opportunity. Yeah, that was always tough to watch. Was um, Just seemed like a really good kid, really obviously very talented, and just never could quite see the field consistently. Of course, not uh, Kansas City related at all, but the uh, big prize in that recruiting class for Missouri was one Doriel Green Beckham. Yes. That's a conversation for another day, but... Yeah, he so was, you can't talk about the 2012 recruiting class without mentioning his name. For sure. Number one recruit, not only, of course, in Missouri, but number one overall recruit in, in, the, nation. The, in the nation, Doriel Green Beckham. All right, we'll move on to 2013. Uh, a little bit more action in this class. Um, there was four, four players from Kansas City that went to Mizzou. Anthony Sherrills, Trent Hosick, Clay Rhodes, and Charles Harris. Mm. Um who they missed on they missed on number three nick ramirez who went to k-state and they missed on number eight malik collins who went to nebraska um so still at this time you know we're, we were definitely still losing recruits to some of those neighboring schools like nebraska iowa um definitely something that i don't think is happening as much in the in the current era but um obviously anthony sherrill's charles harris were two guys that really stuck out as as big time players at Mizzou, Charles Harris was kind of a late speculative ad that just ended up blowing up. So that mm-hmm. was, I mean, he was the poster child for one of those like borderline unranked players that you have, you were like, who is this guy? And just ends up being an NFL player. Yeah. Had the, you know, the measurables and the athleticism, but was just super raw and oh, yeah. needed to be coached up and it really worked. Yep. All right. We'll move on to 2014. Same thing. We had four players from Kansas City uh, that went to Mizzou. Kendall Blanton, uh, Michael Fairchild, Logan Cheadle, and Kevin Pendleton. Kyle, i got to back you up for a sec. What, who, give me your list again on 2013 from Kansas City. Anthony Sherrills, Trent Hosick, Clay Rhodes, Charles Harris. Hosick? Yeah. I could have sworn it was Hosick. Pretty sure it was Hosick, but I well, have no idea. Um, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't bet any money on it. But I'm, I know there's there's listeners out there that would be able to tell us. Number 16 dual threat quarterback in the country that season. Yeah. Man. And he just, was a good athlete. I think he, like, I think he was really good at, at another sport, yeah. like wrestling or something like that. Like he was, a, he was a good athlete, but never really got to play at Mizzou. It's so interesting to me. I mean, I, I will see this in different positions, but the quarterback position especially, it's so interesting when a guy clearly wants to be at Mizzou. Like he didn't... You know, this wasn't uh, 
he didn't just come to Mizzou because it was the hometown or the home state school and he had nowhere else to go. Like he could have gone and played division one quarterback somewhere else, but he stayed home and tried to win the starting job and just couldn't quite make it happen. Yep. Uh, 2014, four players from Kansas city went to Mizzou, Kendall Blanton, Michael Fairchild, Logan Cheadle and Kevin Pendleton. Uh, a notable miss was the number six ranked Mon- Monte Harrison, who went to Nebraska. Mm. And I actually watched him play uh, live. I guess that would have been his senior year in 2014. He actually, I, I think he ended up playing baseball and went into like the major leagues or something like that. So I don't know how effective he actually was for Nebraska, but at the time it felt like a miss. Um, I feel like Kevin Pendleton. Kevin Pendleton's probably the most memorable name on this list as far as uh, Mizzou players that year. Obviously, still with the program. Still with the program, he was kind of a staple of that offensive line. Uh, Kendall Blanton was definitely a, a talented tight end that never quite seemed to, to reach his potential, but yeah. ended up making an NFL roster and made some incredible plays in Mizzou uniform. Yeah, it and seemed it, like he would always have those just insane catches sometimes, yeah. like one-handed catches. Yeah, it seemed like he definitely had all the physical tools to be like an elite tight end at the college level, but for some reason never could quite put it together. Logan Cheadle, that's a, you know, that's a name. Yeah, uh, famous last name. Yes. Uh, he never, he never really broke through the defensive back depth chart. Yeah, he he played a decent amount, but I don't ever really remember it being terribly memorable. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> 2015 now this was an interesting class here because we've got drew Locke and a bunch of other names that never really played at all and but this was definitely gary pinkles uh he had the most players from kansas city in this class uh in his tenure and that was six players uh drew Locke obviously was kind of the crown jewel of that mm-hmm. class but um aj harris marquise doherty Josh Moore, Ryan Williams, and Tanner Owen were the other guys um, in that class. And A.J. Harris, I mean, really promising four-star offensive lineman who kind of dealt with injuries and didn't play a whole lot in his time at Mizzou. Uh, Marquise Doherty, I don't think he ever really played. I think he was kind of a dual-sport athlete and played baseball. Um, And some of these names, you just, you know, you don't really remember much about them. But... uh, we also missed uh, on the Davis brothers that that year. The number four, Carlos Davis. Number six, Khalil Davis. They both went to Nebraska. Mm. Those names familiar to you, producer Cameron? Not really. No. Mm. <laughs> we were losing a lot of recruits to Nebraska in those those earlier years. Glad that's not happening anymore. <laughs> uh, Drew Locke. We gotta maybe linger a moment on that name. Uh, one of the biggest recruiting wins, and it was so nice to just kind of have that in the bag like there was not really much worry in my mind about like drew Locke's college decision uh with the you know the family lineage and just the way mizzou made him a priority and it was just obvious that he was meant to be the future starting quarterback of missouri tigers and Historically, for lots of schools, you know, that um, family lineage, especially quarterback, where it's like, okay, this guy is just literally born to be the starting quarterback at this school for multiple reasons. That doesn't always work out so well. And I would say um, Drew Locke 
performed admirably in that role and was probably held back a little bit um, by coaching and lack of recruiting that lack of recruiting in these following two seasons that made it his life a little bit more difficult as a junior and senior but he I think did the best he could with what he had and that and he did some had some eye-popping numbers in his college career oh yeah he will always be remembered for that I feel like just he was so talented able to put up crazy numbers for sure didn't always translate to wins right and right after his career ended I think the not getting a you know very many or like more than one signature win in his career was more at the forefront of my mind at least and now with a little bit more time removed you know you kind of start to forget about those big losses that could have been signature wins and you just kind of think about the career as a whole and you know it's a lot prettier when you think about it that way yeah so that was gary pinkle's last class as far as like him recruiting so in the years that we just looked at 2012 had two players in kansas city 2013 and 2014 both had four players in kansas city and then in his last year 2015 they had six players from kansas city uh now we're obviously moving into the barry odom era things look a li- things looked a little bit differently on in-state recruiting once we got to that era and in 2016 we had one player from the kansas city area that went to mizzou however that w- we did have only one but it was a very memorable player and that was kale garrett uh, we did miss on some on some significant talent in state that year. We, we missed on number one ranked AJ Taylor, who went to Wisconsin and was a good running back there. He uh, actually transitioned to wide receiver and uh, had 66 catches for a thousand yards and eight touchdowns. Oh wow! Um, as a senior. Wow. Uh, and then number two. Now you can probably argue a little bit um, whether some of these were misses or not. Uh, and whether really Mizzou uh, pursued these players, but they did miss on number two, Skylar Thompson, who had a good career at Kansas State as a quarterback. And then they missed on number eight, Bo Wilson, who went to Nebraska. So pretty stark difference from 2015, six six guys, obviously Drew Locke being one of those, to one player in 2016. And at the time, Cale Garrett was not a very impressive get. I think he was ranked like 25th right. in the state. Um, so we talked was, about a little bit last week about Barry Odom's like uh, linebacker whispering right. and how he was able to just extract every little bit of talent that his like main g- guy at linebacker possessed and you know just make the most of it even you know super unheralded recruits mm-hmm. he was able to make it happen so that obviously happened with Kill Garrett. Yeah, Kale Garrett originally committed to Navy and then did like a last minute switch to Mizzou whenever he got that offer. AJ Taylor's an interesting one though because um yeah obviously he had a productive uh career at Wisconsin and is that maybe the type of player that I'm talking about that Drew Locke was missing as a part of the offense you know a guy that would have stuck around for four seasons and contributed I think that was sorely missed um basically just to kind of round out the offense a little bit better we needed you know a couple more players like that along the way yeah for sure um all right well you're getting getting a little closer to uh the modern era i guess you could call it but this is pretty modern for most folks out there yeah uh 2017 was a pretty ugly year about as ugly as it can possibly get 
for in-state recruiting. Uh, Mr. Barry Odom got Deron Davis as his only in-state recruit uh, that year. He was uh, Deron Davis was from Kansas City, but uh, like I said, only in-state recruit in the entire class was Deron Davis, who I don't even believe he ever made it to campus. I can't even wrap my mind around how that's possible. That's insane. Yeah. Out of like a 20-plus person class, that only one of them was was from the state of Missouri. Obviously, that cannot happen and probably will never happen again. <laughs> yeah. I, I would like to see, um, you know, going back, obviously, the recruiting services only record stuff going back so far. But, mm-hmm. man, that's got to be the only – I can't imagine there's another time where – Missouri had a recruiting class that resulted in zero snaps played by a player from the state of Missouri. Yeah, Yeah, that's pretty bad. Uh, Misses from that class uh, was number one ranked Chester Graves. He went to Ole Miss. He was definitely a guy I really wanted to get at the time. Of of course, I remember that. And they also missed on number six, Anthony Payne, who went to Kansas State. All right, 2018 was a pretty significant year for recruiting. Uh, that was the notorious Tiger 10 year. Uh, that was that was a busy year for Barry Odom. That definitely felt like his chance to redeem himself from some pretty lackluster recruiting from the previous years. Um, this felt like the most talent, at the time at least, it felt like the most talent that we'd seen in, in Missouri in a really, really long time. And obviously 10 guys in the state that just were, were – easily high d1 prospects yeah uh, borderline from the get-go like either solidly four-star prospects or borderline three to four-star prospects right and we could probably do a whole episode on this one year of the tiger 10 but we'll try to uh, keep it brief uh you know there's a lot of st louis in there so yeah that's true uh but uh missouri landed two players from kansas city that year uh that was uh daniel parker jr who was a part of that the tiger 10 Mm -hmm. and then they also landed dominic jacinto uh, the two players from Kansas City area that they did miss were it was number four Mario Goodrich who went to Clemson and I believe he's still there uh, in the secondary there and then they missed on number nine Daniel Carson who went to Texas and then I believe he announced a transfer in the last year and I'm not really sure where he ended up but um, that was definitely the thing about the Tiger Ten was it felt like a failure at the time they didn't land very many of those players obviously but you know it didn't really feel like many of those players went on to have very successful careers obviously ronnie perkins was the complete opposite he ended up having an incredible career at oklahoma and is now uh, a new england patriot i believe but and he was he was the one guy at the time i felt like we we got to get this guy he was the best of the 10 i felt like and then ended up having the best career in college but for the most part i feel like a lot of those guys just didn't end up uh they had they were injured or they didn't really end up you know getting a lot of playing time wherever they went daniel carson uh transferred to um western illinois thank you from texas yeah that's a pretty big drop off going from texas to western illinois yeah no i like your idea though about uh, maybe spotlighting the tiger 10 and doing deep dives into where they all ended up and how their careers went um not to you know bash anybody for not being as successful as oh sure people thought but just how make or break that class ended up being for mizzou maybe we can look back at it and say well you know imagine we landed every single one of these guys would it have made that much of a difference for barry odom's career maybe but 
I, without doing that deep dive, I would lean towards probably not. Yeah, I think I agree with you. Um, Daniel Parker Jr. obviously still on the roster. Mm-hmm. Yep. Dominic Jacinto transferred uh, about a year ago or so. Daniel Parker Jr. with an opportunity to have a lot of snaps at the tight end position. Yeah. It's Somebody's going to have snaps between him, uh, Nico Hay, the incoming freshman. There's... It's wide open. Yeah. Need somebody to catch passes, please. Yes, please. Um, okay, so 2019, man, that was a pretty quiet year comparatively to 2018. Uh, we did not land a player from Kansas City uh, that year. Uh, a significant miss was Itanosa Rubin. He was the number eight ranked player in Missouri, and he went to Clemson. Uh, the the state of Missouri that year um, just stacked with good players out of St. Louis. Oh, yeah. Was that that was uh, like Mookie Cooper year, I believe? Um, or was that 2020? That's 2020, I think. Uh, 19 was Jamison Williams, Marcus Washington, Shimon Cooper, Jelani Williams from St. Louis. And another quiet year for Missouri. And the re- recruiting trail, uh, at least in Kansas City, was 2020. That was uh, obviously Barry Odom's last season that he recruited. And I, I believe... Uh, I believe was that the year Eli Drinkwitz would have been there for signing day, but he wasn't there for most of the the time they were recruiting this class. Uh, like I said, zero players from Kansas City. Uh, the, the number one player in Missouri that year was from Kansas City, and that was Dante Manning, and he five went, star, five star. He went to Oregon. All right, 2021, we did not have a player from Kansas City. Uh, we missed on Bo Stevens who is the number four ranked recruit in Missouri. He went to Iowa, and then we missed on number seven, Tobeki Okilai. Sounds good to me. (laughs) And he went to Auburn. Um, So that brings us to where we are right now. That brings us to the class of 2022. It's yet to be finished, but four players from Kansas City on on board so far, Meki Miller, Armand Mimbao, Max Wisner, and now Jalen Marshall. So getting things turned around a little bit, right? Obviously you have to have the players there in the caliber that Missouri wants to be recruiting in the first place, but, uh, they're there this year and coach Drinkwitz is making them a priority and getting them signed. Yeah. I I will say, yeah, things obviously took a pretty significant drop off whenever Barry Odom was here, but I do think that there was a little bit less, uh, overall talent coming out of Kansas city, um, in some of the years that he, that he was here, but I still think that he just did not capitalize on the talent in Missouri as well as he could have. Yeah, the um, 2020 season, Dante Manning was such, was such a good prospect. I mean, number 31 in the nation. Right. And he went all the way to Oregon. And, um, you know, obviously still there, still going to attempt to make a name for himself there. But he's a guy that... You know, we wouldn't be so worried about the cornerback depth at Mizzou this coming season. You know, uh, Tulsa transfers aside, if we knew that Dante Manning was kind of waiting in the wings to take over a starting job. Yeah, yeah you can definitely... It's fun to go through some of these these older recruiting classes, and it's fun to see significant players that ended up, you know, playing a massive role at Mizzou. But as crazy as it is, um, it seems like a lot of these players were just didn't end up really making an impact either. And it's crazy to 
look at Mizzou's recruiting class right now and, and think that half of these guys will will barely remember their names 10 years from now. It's kind of crazy to think yeah. about Yeah. because they all just seem so promising and so talented. And they, I mean, they are talented, but sometimes just certain things happen and, and certain players flourish and others don't. But it's very interesting to uh, go down memory lane and kind of look at some of these classes. Yeah, it, it's it can be frustrating, though. I mean, like even just a player like uh, Mr. Okoli, uh from Kansas City went to Auburn, 6'5", 255, defensive lineman. Yep. That's just the type of player that you just want to be basically piling on to your um, recruiting class. Just as many of them as you can get, bring them on. It's kind of like what we talked about with when we kind of talked about how the 2022 class is going right now. We're seeing that. We're seeing Missouri just kind of gobble up all these kind of three-star players who could contribute as upperclassmen, and then they're dipping back into Texas and doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. We'll take all the overlooked three-star players that you want to give us. Right. But yeah. Kansas City is a, is, is a different thing, that, and you just... Man, I don't know. It's just so frustrating to see the in-state players leave and it's even more frustrating when they're not successful i think at their where they end up going because then you're like man you might as well have just come to mizzou (laughs) you know in that case yeah but i could it doesn't matter how it turns out i could obviously make the argument that they should have come to mizzou because i'm uh a homer in that way just a little bit that's okay um yeah I mean that. I mean that uh, sums it up pretty well. Um, I'm sure there's a name we missed somewhere or at some point, but uh, all of these names kind of come with a story sometimes. And uh, I mean, if you guys have seen any of these guys play in high school or anything, if you have any memories about any of these players from from some of the older classes, we would love to hear any stories yeah, or, that you yeah, have. Yeah, go back before 2012 too. I mean, we had to draw the line somewhere. Yeah, um, we can't go back to infinity. But if you remember any uh, like specific recruiting battles or like guys that you really wanted that we missed on or maybe players that you were early on thinking, man, I really hope Missouri gets this guy. And they did mention those in the comments. Um, it's just fun to talk recruiting. And it's so I, I am so appreciative of these recruiting websites, not just you know, people can argue about the actual rankings and the stars and everything, but just having these lists to go back to, to right. remember kind of what the recruiting landscape was for a given year, it makes it so fun to kind of go back down memory lane a little bit. Yeah. Even just non-Mizzou stuff, like looking at some of the, just the top players in every class, you know, guys that are, are staples of the NFL now. And it's just crazy to look at their little pictures of them in high school and stuff yeah. or, or just see how um, some of these guys are just—they were just always meant to play football, you know. Right. They were the, some a top ten recruit or whatever in the whole country. Like, of course, they're one of the best running backs in the NFL now. You know, they've yeah. always been, you know, one of the best players. Um, instant. So you can go down a rabbit hole and see like all the records they broke as high school players and stuff like that. Yep. So hopefully, ten years from now, we're looking back on on some of these classes very fondly that we're building now. I think we will be. I think we will be. I think we will be. We're in a good place. Oh, yeah. Cameron, remind the folks how they can join the fantasy football group. You go to patreon.com slash Missouri Sports Pod. Subscribe at the $10 tier or above 
It gets you lots of cool stuff. If you stay subscribed to that, you will eventually get merch. You will get access to our Discord channel where we talk Mizzou and where we will probably organize this fantasy football league. But as Kyle alluded to, that first $10 subscription is your entry fee to the fantasy football league. You just have to sign up by August 31st. You will get your spot in the league. If by some miracle we get more than 10 people sign up before August 31st, we'll figure it out. We'll make it work. We'll do a bigger league. We'll expand into two leagues. We'll do something to make sure that everybody gets a chance to play. And that'll be a lot of fun. $10 for a whole season of fantasy football. Yeah. Making new friends. Sounds pretty Winner gets a prize, guaranteed. You know, we're not we're not just keeping it all for ourselves, folks. We're giving <laughs> it back to the community. And it's Missouri Sports Pod. I mean, it's patreon.com slash Missouri Sports Pod. Alrighty. All right, folks. That's all I got for him. That's all I've got. All right, you can find us on Spotify, Google Podcasts. We are also on Apple Podcasts. We're on Twitter at Missouri Sports Pod. And you can email us at Missouri Sports Pod at gmail.com. You can find our t-shirts and stickers on our online shop, MissouriSportsPod.BigCartel.com. Thank you to our Patreon supporter, Brian Smith, at the $10 and above level. Thank you, Brian. Thank you, everyone, for listening. We will see you next week.